Welcome to Ackerman Education Podcast, supporting the needs of teachers in education today. I'm Malka Ackerman. Here, I will answer your questions and challenge you to lesson plan more purposefully, creatively, and effectively, to build culture more intentionally, and to improve your awareness and responsiveness to the needs and goals of your students. Join me as we empower one another and create conditions for our ultimate goal, improved student learning. Welcome to episode four. In this episode, we will break down the core skill of flexibility. When we plan with a flexible mind and with an identified goal in mind, the way we get there becomes fluid, intentional, and purposeful. Join me to discuss how you can throw out the concept of perfection and plan instead with the goal in mind. So let's get right to it. Have you ever heard of the black and white thinking diagnosis? Rigid thinking, not flexible. Well, my son was diagnosed with this when he was four years old and we sought out a very skilled therapist to fix it. I learned that he needed to learn how to see things from multiple perspectives. So we were sent home with homework and sat for hours paying attention to the clues in a picture book that showed two individuals in the same situation, but seeing two different things. So for example, let's talk about the main character, Alex. Alex is looking at his friend because he wants to play with him. But while his friend is looking in the direction of Alex, He is actually looking beyond him at an ice cream truck. Alex doesn't know what's on his friend's mind, who is just thinking about ice cream, and the friend doesn't know what's on Alex's mind. This is an exercise in seeing the same scenario, but from various perspectives. It's an elementary exercise that can be modified to the adult mind. But first, let's break it down a little more. There are many outcomes to this scenario, and Alex has the challenging task of recognizing that what he is hoping for to play with his friend is only one of multiple scenarios. Alex might end up with playing with his friend, or maybe they will both end up getting ice cream, or maybe his friend will get ice cream and Alex will end up playing by himself. There are so many ways to approach every situation, and there are so many possible outcomes of each situation. Teaching flexible thinking is breaking down this idea of the perfect process, the perfect outcome, and in its stead, teaching multiple approaches, multiple perspectives, and multiple outcomes. And sometimes we can't plan the perfect outcome. It happens organically. In this situation, I think a potential scenario where both boys get ice cream and then play together far outweighs in quality what was originally in Alex's mind, that Alex plays with his friend, no ice cream in the picture. I took my role of training my son to be flexible very seriously and moved it out of the theory of the picture book and into real life. I got really good at using the word flexible in our everyday conversation and encouraging looking at a situation from multiple perspectives. So for example, 
It's okay that your teacher sent home the wrong folder by mistake. You can be flexible and make sure to address this with her in the morning. And I would tell him, it's okay if you got the answer wrong. We can learn from our mistakes. I take on the same role of flexibility coach with my students. There are multiple ways to get to the same answer, I tell them. So turn to your peer. How did your peer arrive at the answer? Discuss it with her. What can you learn from her approach? And when students disagree about what they have to say, excellent, let's address that. What can we learn from that? And here's another one that actually drives them crazy. There are more than one correct answer to the question. See, this thing is students want the correct answer, the perfect answer. And my role is to teach them the value of the process over the product, the value of creativity over conforming, of insight and ingenuity over being spoon-fed the information, of applying the material over memorization, and of flexibility over getting stuck. So here I was doing all the flexibility training on other people, my kids, my students, until I realized that I may need some training myself. I too needed to learn to let go of perfection and embrace purpose instead. My more adult understanding of perfection really came last year, Thanksgiving time, when after 31 years of enjoying the most delicious turkey Thanksgiving meals at my childhood home, I was entrusted with cooking the turkey on my own. Okay, so this is a really big deal because we are hardcore Thanksgiving junkies and up until this year, I had been delegated sides, something like the green beans, cranberry sauce, and sweet potato pie. So I spent a day researching how I was going to cook the turkey. Brined for two days, dry herb rub in the oven at 325 for five hours, no basting. My guests arrived, and to their shock, I was cooking the turkey wrong. The oven was too low. I didn't use fresh herbs. I wasn't basting it. I was cooking the turkey wrong. I too believed them for a few minutes. And it turned out we were all wrong. The turkey turned out to be delicious. And this is what I learned. There is no perfect way to cook a turkey. I had done my research and had come up with a plan. And although it was different than how turkeys had been cooked in prior years, it ended up coming out great. There are multiple ways to cook a turkey. I started to look for ways to add this approach to my life and specifically for the purpose of this episode to my teaching. I found it freed up a lot of feelings of procrastination, avoidance, and frustration. So let's talk about how to apply flexible thinking and planning with purpose in mind to our role as teachers. Let's talk about lesson planning. Hours and hours of trying to find the perfect video to use to introduce a topic or the perfect order to teach the content. And let's talk about progress reports. What a stress. How to word that email? How to describe that behavior? Okay, 
Okay. You need to be intentional in what you do, but being intentional and seeking out perfection, it's not the same. Being intentional means that I have worked hard to consider how I want to introduce a particular lesson and that I found a video that does just that. It means that I have considered the possible orders in which to address the curriculum and intentionally chosen one for specific reasons. It means that I am sending that progress report early and in keeping the parents informed, I am opening the door to hopefully more conversation. Is it the perfect video? Is it the only way to introduce the content to structure the course? Have I figured out how to word that email perfectly to the parents? There are many ways to teach a course, and I chose the approach that I trust will work with my teaching style and will support my students in their learning. There are also many ways to send that email, the words to use, the tone. Being intentional means that I communicate regularly and purposefully with parents. I follow up when necessary. There happens not to be a perfect way of doing things. My emphasis is not on the perfect way to do anything, but the purposeful ways to do things. What's more, each student has their own particular learning style. If I teach 30 students, I am teaching 30 learning styles. I need to be prepared that what worked for one student may possibly not work for another. This doesn't mean that I need to plan 30 individual lessons, but I should get into the habit of seeking out flexibility within my lessons themselves. Are there multiple options for students to engage with the material? Are there multiple opportunities for students to show what they learned? With proper plannings, I can prepare for multiple learning styles that are in my classroom. This is slightly difficult. It might be a challenge to figure out how to plan for flexibility in the classroom if it's something that you're not familiar with. We'll get back to it in a little bit. Here's another example also taken from my experience of a flexibility coach. So back to my son, who is now seven. It's really hard for a seven-year-old to be on the losing baseball team. In that seven-year-old mind of neuronal connections, firing axons, action potentials, and synapses, he is dead set on one thing, winning the game. You see, that would be the perfect outcome. But let's break it down. What can we teach that seven-year-old who just lost? We could help him work out what the team struggled with and what they could do differently moving forward. We might explain the logistics of one team losing and one team winning, how technically both can't win. We might describe the specifics of a member on the other team and focus on how he is feeling. And we can empathize with this six-year-old. It's no fun to lose. We can empathize with the emotions and teach how he can respond emotionally to that feeling. A seven-year-old can shift the focus from the perfect of winning to the purpose of skill building, team building, strategizing, advancing, sportsmanship, exercise, 
fun, emotional regulation, and responsibility. See what we just did there? Shifted the focus? Through asking critical questions and practicing the skill of seeing things from multiple perspectives, we can learn to accept the unknown, be more prepared for various outcomes, and appreciate the developmental process. So let's move back to applying flexible thinking to your teaching practice. How can you throw out the perfect and trade it in for purpose? How can you prepare for the multiple learning styles in your classroom? How can you transition to distance learning or structure your in-person classes to allow for socially distanced group work? How are you going to be okay with the struggles that are bound to arise when a lesson doesn't go as planned, when you think you could have done it better? How can you proactively avoid searching for four hours and still not finding that perfect handout or when there is just no good way to say to parents, your daughter failed their history test. It's important to apply the skill of flexibility to each stage of the process. When you are, one, figuring out your goal, two, considering the multiple approaches that can help you arrive at your goal, and three, reflecting upon achievement, unexpected outcomes, and silver lining. We are going to go through each of these three steps of applying flexible thinking. Let's start with applying flexible thinking to figuring out your goal. You are going to plan. You are going to think of your goals and consider the many ways you can get there. Then you are going to choose the approach that you are the most prepared for and that leads to your ultimate goal of student learning. This is called throwing out the perfect and trading it in for purpose. I want to stress the importance of a plan and a set of core beliefs to guide you. Flexibility without holding firm ground is wishy-washy and the opposite of purpose. You cannot be flexible on your core beliefs. You must have a set of standards that you live by and that guide your lesson planning, your interactions with your students, and your other professional responsibilities, I encourage you to sit down and consider those core beliefs. Consider your end game. Be as prepared as you can. Plan with intention, not perfection. Preparation does not guarantee success, but it sure makes it easier to get there. Recognize that you may not be able to hit every goal exactly when you want to because each student has a different process and they hit standards on in their own way. Each lesson has a different challenge. For example, you could have planned an incredible lesson on the lunar cycle the day of a solar eclipse. So what, what are you going to do? Should you keep your lesson or should you pivot? This is the time to use flexible thinking. What was your real goal? Your goal is not to teach the lunar cycle, but rather to develop insight and understanding, to build problem solving and decoding skills, to motivate students through a sense of urgency and attachment to the curriculum. When you focus on your goals, you can ask yourself, which lesson will better achieve your goals? 
if required, you will be able to pivot so much easier to the unexpected when you focus on the goal and not on a vision of perfection. Recognizing the goals can be difficult. So try to break down your visions of perfection to the smaller components that you are looking for. It's easy to jump on the goal of winning as the ultimate, but with practice, we can learn to appreciate the skills of sportsmanship, strategizing, and other skills that come along with playing baseball. Do the same with your class. Break down the bigger ultimates, i.e. visions of perfection, to purposeful, intentional goals and plan with intention, not perfection. Now let's move on to step two. Let's consider the multiple approaches that can help you arrive at your goals. Appreciate there are so many ways to get to your goals. We're entering a prime example of a non-perfect scenario, right? September of 2020. Is your school doing hybrid learning? Are they fully in person, but with social distancing guidelines? Are they fully virtual? Here is an extreme example of the non-perfect outcome of going back to school. What can you do in this and in every situation? Think of your goal and consider the many ways you can get there. Yes, this can be difficult because You might have an image of the perfect way of doing something based on maybe prior experience and you don't want to change it. Or maybe you're the type to get lost in the options, always seeking out perfection, but not quite finding it. You're you're used to getting lost in the black hole of YouTube clicks. And first you were looking at images from Roman times and now you're learning a new language. Other way, If you have thought that you already identified perfection and you want to stick to it, or if you think there's perfection out there but you have not yet found it, flexible thinking and throwing out perfection comes in handy. Consider the many approaches that you can take to arrive at your goal. And then choose the approach that you are the most prepared for and that fits your needs and your students' needs right now. There are many approaches. You just need to choose one, the ones that fit your needs and your students' needs the most. This is called throwing out the perfect and trading it in for purpose. To help you with this, I encourage you to collaborate with other teachers from your school or other schools to bounce ideas off of, gain encouragement to take risks and understand the many ways to accomplish the same goal, none of which are a perfect or the perfect version. I want to clarify that you are looking to hit standards. You are goal-oriented and you're looking for achievement, but we're not planning for a perfect achievement. We're planning for the purpose of achievement. You can also be a part of professional development communities to exercise looking at curriculum design teaching and classroom management from multiple perspectives and to practice that skill. You can also practice viewing your students' processes as unique and try to encourage multiple approaches to the curriculum, multiple ways to get to the same answer, 
multiple opportunities to access the content. And lastly, step three, reflect upon achievement, unexpected outcomes, and silver linings. When things do work, and yes, they will, tap into the processes that led you to achieve the success and learn them. Celebrate the desired outcomes. Celebrate the alignment between purpose and product, between goals and achievement. When you have diverse learners in your classroom, when a lesson doesn't go as planned, when the whole class doesn't do well on an assignment, when you can't get a student to engage, also practice flexible thinking. Here are some examples. To prepare for multiple learning styles, you will do just that, prepare. Put flexibility right into the lesson design. To transition to COVID learning, you will do your research, attend webinars and trainings, and then choose the approach that works for you, recognizing that another approach may work better for someone else. When a lesson doesn't go as planned, you might reflect upon which goals were met and which ones need to be readdressed. When a student doesn't do well on an assessment, you might reflect upon how you are only one piece of the puzzle and other supports that you may be able to facilitate to help that student perform. Here are some strategies to utilize flexible thinking when reflecting on the outcomes. When things don't go as planned, reflect back on your original goals and why you chose this specific process. This will allow you to be more forgiving and more likely to look for creative pivots. Use feedback and assessments to gauge where you are relative to the goal, allowing you to make changes when necessary and be more open to the unexpected. Look for unexpected and better than expected outcomes. Make space for them. Often when you leave space for outcomes to happen organically, they come out better than you could have planned for on your own. And empathize with yourself. It's super hard to do what we do, especially when say your students were up late the night before at a bat mitzvah or when your school broke out color war and you lost a week's worth of classes that you now need to make up for, or there was a snowstorm or COVID hit. Good luck this year. Hoping you will see many versions of desirable outcomes and unexpected outcomes. The intersection of purposeful planning and achievement. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Ackerman Education Podcast. Please follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Ackerman EDU or Ackerman Education. If you have any questions that you would like addressed in a future podcast to help support you in the classroom, then please reach out to me there. I look forward to continuing the conversation to help support and encourage you in the classroom. We're all in this together. Here's to a great year.